It's now time for Gooch and the Douchebag Radio. And here are your hosts, Gooch and the Douchebag. Hey, what's going on out there? You're listening to Gooch and the Douchebag Radio, episode number 54. As always, I am the Gooch. And I'm the Douchebag, brought to you by J2Games.com and Gamersgate.com. And we can't forget about our buddies over at Scenic7PR.com. Absolutely, couldn't have said it better myself. And if you want to go to J2Games.com, buy something, enter the code GDB when you're checking out and save yourself 20% off. Big savings. No matter what your total purchase is, you get a nice 20% discount courtesy of the fine, fine folks of J2Games.com. Over 40 years of gaming just on one website. Chances are you're going to find that vintage material game that you are looking for. And if you if they don't have it, they'll try to find it for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this week we have a jam, jam-packed show. So what's the name of this episode? Last week was the Masters Edition. What's 54's nickname? Is it the Portal Edition? Uh, maybe. We, we, we could call it I'm Still Alive or The Cake is a Lie. Or we could tie it in with our movie review this week and call it something related to that. Gobble Gobble Edition? Gobble Gobble. <laughs> no, You've Been Stuffed. You've Been Stuffed. That's it? <laughs> you've Been Stuffed Edition. I'm changing that right now in my notes. Uh, awesome. Or you could just you could call it gravy flavored condom. <laughs> <laughs> that is either, so awesome. either way. So if you can't, well, I'll, I'll tell you here in just a minute what movie we're going to talk about. Let's break it down. Uh, this week we have, uh, like I said, a jam jam packed episode. We're going to talk about Back to the Future, the game episode three. Citizen Brown. After that, we're going to break into Portal 2. Going to give some brief uh, first impressions of that awesome game. Then, what you've all been dying to hear, uh, our movie review. It's probably been, I don't know, since forever. I don't, I don't know if we've even done a movie review officially on the podcast, but we're going to talk about the Thanksgiving classic, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Made all the way back in the awesome. year 2009. Yeah, That's which call it actually being made. <laughs> yeah, but it just came to Netflix not too long ago, right? It's pretty new to Netflix. I'm not too entirely sure. I had just gotten my uh, Netflix instant stream account back not too long ago, so it it's new to me. Now it it may have been up there for a little while longer, but. Yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about. It's one of those films that is so terrible that it's just awesome. It's so awesome, it's terrible. I think you have it backwards. Um, (laughs) And then uh, we're going to roll up with the usual stuff. We're going to do our In the News segment. We're going to update everyone on the results of the Street Fighter vs. MK tournament. We're going to do our Question of the Day, the Jukebox Break, the Bag segment, and for some reason I wrote Titties and Beer. Talk about everything. That always makes everything better. Which one? Titties or beer? And both. Both? Okay. Well, <laughs> Good old Rodney Carrington. Yeah. Do I have to pay royalties since I referenced the song like three times in a row? You know, I seriously doubt the man knows what the internet is. Since he's probably always, no. you know, uh, wasted. So I, I wouldn't worry about it. I think... <laughs> 
he's an intelligent guy. I mean, he, he he hit a perfect demographic. He's like these people like raunchy jokes and 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 off-color country music. Boom. I mean, he's I don't think he's a dummy. Maybe not. Maybe not. But he did make so. a great song. <laughs> he did. He made a lot of great songs. Morning yeah, Wood. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, do you want to dive right into our uh, the, the best game we've probably played in the last couple weeks related to Back to the Future? Episode 3 in the five-part series from Telltale Games called Citizen Brown. Now, right off the bat, you know, it, it's kind of hard to talk about the episodes because at the same time, we want to relate back to the previous episodes, but also at the same time, we don't want to give anything away to our listeners out there that could be playing it. So, just briefly touching on it, it does not disappoint from the other two previous episodes. And I've got to say, Gooch, this one here has the most choices and the most dialogue uh, of the previous two. There's so much talking going on in this game. I mean, you could almost get lost in the dialogue. Absolutely. And probably more characters. I mean, the other games had a lot of characters, but those characters only had one or two lines. There's a lot of substantial dialogue with multiple characters and lots of voice actors, so that was really nice and refreshing. Uh, This one also, the puzzles flow a lot better. I think only twice, and because it was something kind of, you know, kind of out of the ordinary, uh, we rarely had to use the hint system. Yes, with the exception of the final puzzle at the end of this episode, where the hint itself was kind of cruddy. It really didn't tell you what to do. We ended up figuring it out. But yes, for the most part, the hints were more dead on. Just in case if you got stuck, it was able to to move the story along better for you so you don't get stuck in a place and you get frustrated, and then you want to ram your fist through the monitor or your TV screen. So you definitely don't never want to do that. Yeah, uh, and going back to what you said about dialogue, this one, some of them take place between, you know, two different time periods. Uh, Some of them have you moving around a lot of different environments. This one really predominantly took place um, in maybe like two areas. It really didn't have you moving around a lot. It was more about uh, talking to people, saying the right things, and doing a couple puzzles along the way. But the dialogue was written... I mean, it's all written very well, but it was really, really interesting because this is not not ruining the story. But as always, it's an alternate universe, an alternate timeline, as it were, for uh, you know, any time they screw anything up in time. Yet, yet another alternate timeline back in Marty's present time of 1986, showing what could have happened if Doc was running Hill Valley. Yeah, well, <laughs> brainwashed by his psycho wife. Yeah, you totally just <laughs> not Clara, but another one. Yeah, but that, that's 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 a, that's a little spoilery, but uh, yeah, it's enough. It's just enough to give people a taste of what's going on. I do love the fact that Marty's girlfriend Jennifer plays a bigger role, probably the biggest role that the character has ever played in the whole Back to the Future series. And I really, really love the fact, Gooch, that they went out, Telltale went out, and got the original actress to portray Jennifer, the original actress from the first Back to the Future. Because I I liked her so much more than I did Elizabeth Shue. She was just not that believable. Yeah, and and she does a really good job. I mean, uh, I, I like the whole take, and 
getting a little spoilery here, but uh, Jennifer in this alternate timeline, she's a little more rebellious. And and it works really well with Marty's character. I, I like this version of Jennifer a lot. Yes, yes. Kind of kind of like a rebellious Marty, if you want to call him that, like he was like in the original Back to the Future film when he was he was like the cool kid and he was in a rock and roll band and, and in this timeline we'll give another spoiler. Apparently Marty is an absolute dork. <laughs> He's a geek. <laughs> yeah. Big, big geek. And you know, the way people portray Marty now is, you know, he's the straight arrow. You know, he's a trustworthy guy. He won't do any wrong. He doesn't start any trouble. He's a mathlete. He's a, you know, super nerd, like you said. It's Jennifer is the one that apparently leads people astray and wants to break the rules, to break the mold of society, to be rebellious. Because it's in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you did in the 80s. <laughs> And it th- this timeline doesn't even exactly feel like the 80s. That's what I really like about it. Like, um, even though it takes place in the 80s, um, it, it's sort of a timeless story in a way. Like, it's not, you know, there, there's not tons of references to that time period, no, with the exception of maybe a little rock and roll thrown in here and there. This the the layout of Hill Valley in this timeline too, it has more of a futuristic top feel than it does than it does or as it does in the 80s, and not giving anything away, like a big spoiler part in this, but this type of a story or this type of a future has been portrayed in other movies. And again, Gooch, I'm not going to give any references because then again, that will give away a big plot of the big plot of the, the game, of the story in the episode three. But do you know what I'm talking about? Like the feel, like the, the control and things? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, giving yeah, a web story. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, this is. I don't know if I would say this is my favorite in the series so far, but this is definitely the most interesting from you know gameplay mechanics and the story and the visual style. It is, it's really unique. And the next episode looks like it's going to tie in more directly with episode three than it did you know from episode two to three or one to two. It's almost like three and four could could have been packaged together and almost should have been shipped together. They're that closely connected. I, you know, I agree with you, Gooch. You bring up a good point there. I want to go back to this. Out of the three episodes right now, which one has been your favorite? The thing is, I really liked episode uh, two. It, it's, it, it was a little more action-y. You, there was a lot of diversity to what you were trying to accomplish. You had to do this. That turned out to do this, but you got to do a favor for this person. Uh, you've got to cheer this guy up. But by doing that, you have to make this person angry. Um, you know, there was so much going on, and we complained about how it was confusing with the puzzles. And but but it was much more action packed, and it felt a little more Back to the Future like. It was more like the movies, while this one is more like. It's like the movies, but it's it's a much slower pace, not much action. There's like two small action scenes in this game where most of it is – actually, the thing is it's a lot of backstory in this one and a lot of character development for Doc and Jennifer. Yes, uh, I agree with you too. Uh, as of right now, I've really enjoyed all three of the episodes up to this point. Two has been my favorite, but my f- – Right now, my all-time favorite, I guess you even call it like a battle puzzle scene, is back in the first episode with Marty and the, the jet bike. 
Oh yeah, yeah that, that was, so was really cool. Back. That has the most Back to the Future feel as of right now. The third episode, the final battle, even if you want to call it that, is real anticlimactic. It, it ends on a huge cliffhanger. Once the battle is completed, then it it's kind of hard to describe, Gooch. Like, it, like the, it, the game will have like a little bit of a climax, and then it comes back down, and then you go back up to a climax, and then it's a cliffhanger. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and no, I get you. Now, if I had to think about it, like what we're saying People here. People listening are like, what in the world is he talking about? But again, don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> Not going to spoil it too much. We, we, we get close to it, but we're, we're dancing on a fine line here. If I broke it down like this, okay, part one, the introduction, fantastic, really opened up, uh, you know, really showed you how things went since the movies left off. Uh, episode two, the action. Uh, you know, and the end of part one, but the, the action in part two really feels more back to the future. Uh, the way the puzzles played out and, and what you were doing part three, while it doesn't have the action of back to the future, the dialogue, the conversations, I mean, the whole part of part three, uh, the, the big thing is Marty's trying to figure out what the hell is going wrong. I mean, he, he has, he has no idea what's happening. He's always like, what, 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 what the hell is going on? And that's cool. The confused Marty, like, what you love about it is when he goes back to his home timeline, the original 1986, where he thinks everything is going to be hunky-dory, and it's all gone to crap. And how he has to fix it, and how he has to realize what has happened. And, and the crazy thing is, he has to fix that timeline before he can actually go back in the past and keep that timeline from happening. It, it, it's, it's sort of like opening your mouth and finding an asshole inside of it. It doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it does make sense in the context of Back to the Future. And it also shows, too, just how dangerous time travel is if it actually existed. <laughs> yeah, granted, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of liberties taken with, you know, how this affects that and what happens. But it's just so neat because the thing is, we know a lot about Marty. You know, as a character, because the the series ultimately focuses on Marty uh, from the movies and the games. But in this series, in this five part episode series, you get a lot of insight in a doc. I mean, a lot into his childhood and even what his father was like and sort of what led him into his career as a scientist. Yes, yes. Something that the movies very, very briefly in dialogue, they mention how Doc got interested into science, but nothing into this depth of what the game series have done. And this is what Bob Gale brought to the table when Telltale Games approached them about making the, the Back to the Future series into a game. And, Gooch, I really, really like this format. Get to see more of a backstory on how Doc Brown you know, developed as a as a kid until getting to his teens and how he became the scientist that we all that we all know and love today. Uh, it has been so far. It has been a great, great uh, telling a story of uh, Back to the Future, and this would have made a terrific Back to the Future four if we would have ever seen it, which you know we never will. Like in, on the on the big screen and in cinematic format. But it still would have it would have shaped up very very nicely if we would have seen it at the theaters. I totally agree. But the beautiful thing about a game is that you know uh, the actors can be older, and we can get you know uh, voice talent to replace uh, Michael J. Fox, who you know he he can't do the role anymore. 
but we have someone else who's doing it, you know, in, in honor of him and keeping it very faithful to the character. Uh, and, and, you know, Christopher Lloyd's here and they're getting back the actresses, uh, actress who played Jennifer. So I, I'm very thankful for the game because I don't have to settle for some Back to the Future where they're all older and Marty shakes a lot. You know, because <laughs> that just wouldn't make sense. No disrespect to Michael J. Fox. But, you know, in a game, it, it sort of preserves that almost like uh, in the same way that you would read a novel about the original Star Wars trilogy or Star Trek that were, you know, the game, yeah, it's set on a predefined path. But the art style and the dialogue and the music and stuff, it can be set up in a way that you rekindle that uh, feeling you get from the original series. It's not tainted. It's not stretched out due to limitations based on the actor's age or budgets or who knows what. It's awesome. I think it's just fantastic. And this is the perfect medium uh, gaming is, and especially this adventure genre with Telltale doing it the way they do to, to, uh, to extend these series. Like, they're going to do Jurassic Park, because Lord knows I don't want another Jurassic Park movie, but a game, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yes, I agree with you there. No more Back to the, uh, no more back to the Future, duh. No more <laughs> Jurassic Park films. I agree with you. Now, that'll be a fun series to, to play whenever that comes out. Getting back to this point, even though it's the third episode, Gooch, and we still have two more episodes to go, do you think telltale made the right decision in making the back to the future series a point and click game style to me yes i think it fits the mood perfectly what about you absolutely it could not be any other genre and be done this well because it's just the action is so all over the place it's not consistent enough to be a, a shooter or a platformer or something like that you don't want a driving game the, the this this uh this action-adventure kind of point-and-click style they have going on here it perfectly suits it because you got to think uh, Back to the Future is all about, you know, uh, there, there's all kinds of dialogue and the conversations are interesting. Uh, it, it, the, there's action sequences, but they're not they're not so crazy. It's not like they're running through with guns and, and mowing everyone down. It's sort of like a scripted event that plays out, you know, like a quick-time event would in a game. Although in this adventure game, it's more or less the, the equivalent. You, you click a couple buttons, you make a couple choices, bada boom, bada bang, you're done. Yes, it's set up perfectly to tell a great story. And that's exactly what Telltale Game is doing right now with Back to the Future. Episode 4, as of right now, is still to be released sometime uh, later on this month, Gooch. This has not been pushed back, so we might be getting the next installment of Back to the Future very, very soon. Yeah, the last one, Episode 3, came out in what felt like no time. Because episode two seemed like it just took forever to release. Well, it it actually came so, yeah. it came out on I think it was back in March. Was it March twenty eighth? Somewhere yeah. around it. Actually, the later part of March, and it just took us a little while to get get to play it and review it and things. But yeah, I'm very much excited to see what the next installment's going to be. I still have my couple of minor gripes with it. I would have loved to have had Thomas Wilson. Uh, back to portray Biff. Uh, the the new actor they have is doing an okay job, but Thomas Wilson would have been. He's just the perfect Biff. He's one of the greatest movie characters of all time. Einstein, the dog, still looks like complete and total garbage, and Marty looks like he's still walking around with a corn cob shoved up his butt. 
Yeah, the, the animations are not uh, Telltale's strong suit, but it looks like Jurassic Park is going to uh, take quite the leap in terms of animation and graphics. Yes, yes, so I agree. Look forward to that. Morty, get that corn cob up your butt! Get it up your butt! Because <laughs> that doesn't sound like Doc Brown at all! <laughs> you sound like you're going to tell me to bite into a Slim Jim in like any minute. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Or burst through a wall with, you know... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, this, game, this series is still terrific. right now, I would, even though we're, like, miles apart from one another. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying you would just, like, burst through the wall? And to see your hot neighbor. Which, I'm trying to sneak a picture, but <laughs> it's a lot harder to do that in this day and age. <laughs> but I will. Just don't get yourself arrested. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not taking those kind of photos. I um, have to drop Gooch from the radio. It's the douchebag radio. <laughs> the douchebag radio. I'll, I'm going to work on it. You just wait and see. I'll get it happening eventually. Ah, uh, from Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if they send me to Alcatraz, which doesn't that would be doesn't even hold prisoners anymore. Shut, yeah, they shut it down back in the 70s, wasn't it? <laughs> I would love to see the judge that does that. He's like, so you were taking voyeuristic photos of a person fully clothed. Yes, sir. And, well, uh, not sure what to do with you here, so I'm going to send you to Alcatraz. Just just Alcatraz. Slam. Case closed. But isn't it shut down? It's like, yeah, you got to deal with ghosts now. You're on your own. Good luck, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you got to pay for the tour to get yourself out there, but just don't take the tour back. <laughs> you got to pay for the. <laughs> you have to provide your own travel expense. We're not covering that. <laughs> yeah. We're in kind of a pinch here with the whole economy and everything, so you know, if you wouldn't mind buying your own handcuffs as well, that'd be swell. Thank you. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And what does this have to do with Back to the Future? Absolutely nothing, unless Doc Brown is over at Alcatraz right now, flying around in a DeLorean, which I seriously doubt. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. So, going back to the rating, Gooch, uh, zero through ten on our scale, I'm still giving this. I believe we stuck with an eight out of ten. I am going to stay with my rating of eight out of ten. And then we'll just keep working our way up till we get through the final episodes, and then maybe we can give it the overall packaged rating episodes one through five. Oh yeah i completely agree because you know you can give it a, a rating per episode but really it all comes down to how it all works together as a series and it's on a really good roll here though they, they haven't let us down yet no they haven't and if you're wondering right now where you can get back to the future of the game we recommend going to gamersgate.com for 24.95 that will buy you every single episode you can play one two and three right now but you have to wait for four and five to be released but you will be covered with that 24.95 deal you can also buy the episodes per episodes if you wish to do it that way but our recommendation is just go ahead give them 25 dollars you're not going to be disappointed with the storytelling the voice acting all of the back to the future goodness right at gamersgate.com anytime anywhere it's the only place that Gucci and myself buy PC games, most of the time. Yes, I want to mention real quick, too, Gamersgate is having a giant Easter sale. I mean, stuff is like 75% off. Games like Borderlands, Breed, Torchlight, uh, you know, the new Monkey Island series, 
Uh, Two Worlds 2, which we talked about not too long ago. 34 dollars Torchlight, $5.08. Braid, $4.98. Uh, just, just a few deals, just throwing them out there. Dungeon Dungeon Siege 3, $44.95. The yeah, Sims Medieval Edition, $44.95. Mm-hmm. Warhammer 40K. Uh, is that the first or second one? I have to click the link here and tell you. Dun, Not too dun, sure. Dun. Waiting on my internet to load here. I should have clicked that beforehand. Anyway, $7, whether that's the first one or second one. That's the second one. Holy crap, that's a good deal. Uh, normally Torchlight, Torchlight $5.08. $5.08. That is just – how do they make money? <laughs> they're, they're awesome. That's how they make money. I mean, think about it. You can pay $15 on your Xbox or uh, maybe PlayStation 3. I don't know if it's out on there yet. But anyway, $15 on the Xbox versus like 5 bucks on uh, Gamersgate. That's awesome. That is awesome. Very much awesome indeed. So, Gooch, let's just move on down the list here for our agenda. What's coming up next? Uh, next, we're going to be talking about Portal 2. Yeah, I know you were very, very excited when you picked this up. And he sends me a text message like the day it comes out and says, Dude, right now, in the running for Game of the Year. Like, right now. Right now. Like, you've had it for five minutes. Don't care. Right now, in the running for Game of the Year. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a mighty bold statement to say. Let's see if you can back it up. What yeah, is well, making it so awesome, so incredibly awesome that Portal 2 could be in the running for Game of the Year? Well, the thing is, I haven't beat the game yet, so you got to understand. Like, I, I can't give a full-on monster review of this beast yet, and I don't want to ruin the story for anyone who hasn't played it. Uh, even though I don't know the whole story in Shebang, I don't think it's going to disappoint me at any point. I, I think really you were excited to get this, as excited as I was to get Tiger 12. Like, I really do. I mean, you were just, just freaking out about it. A little bit, yeah. Well, the thing is, the original Portal, uh, most people know about it, but if you don't, uh, a while back, I want to think like 2007 or so, uh, Valve released the Orange Box. And what the Orange Box was, it was Half-Life 2, which had been out for a while. It was also packed with... Uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, and it was the debut and release of Half-Life 2 Episode 2. So, boom. That's a lot of awesome awesome gaming right there. Uh, and then at the same time, they released uh, Team Fortress 2, which has just become this huge phenomenon. I mean, it's just one of the most you know played multiplayer games on the PC, hands down. And no one expected this. We didn't know what to think of it, but they snuck in this little game called Portal. And what Portal was, it was a little three-hour single-player puzzle platformer that you played in the first person where the the whole game revolved around shooting portals. You would have a blue portal and an orange portal, and what it would be is if I shot uh, one wall, you know, let's say it was all the way across the room, 100 feet away, uh, and there was a big giant, like, gaping bottomless pit in front of me, right? So I shoot a portal on the wall across from this pit where I can get across safely. And then right behind me on the wall, I shoot another portal and you just walk through. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's, it's like in the cartoons where, you know, someone throws a hole somewhere, then they throw a hole somewhere else. You stick your arm out and it comes out through the other hole. That, that sounds so dirty, but it, it really is what it is. I mean, you can go and do almost anything. You're bending time in reality. And, and what it is, is you're using those portals to solve puzzles and it would, uh, uh, there was this robot, and she would talk to you, and the writing was 
just freaking phenomenal. I mean, the game is critically acclaimed for the writing and the voice acting from that robot, which was the only speaking character in the game, technically. And it, it would just kind of ag you on and make smart aleck remarks and all sorts of little intelligently written jokes as you worked your way through this game. Two to three hours long, poof, it's over. And the thing was, the orange box was phenomenal. Uh, Half-Life was just awesome. Half-Life Episode 2, which debuted, was freaking phenomenal. Team Fortress 2, like I said, is a phenomenon. And then Portal, which no one really knew what to expect, became the most talked about game on that disc. (laughs) Two to three hours of just pure enjoyment that was just really sadly over way too soon. So what... Valid you don't want to say it was a joke that they made, but it was just something they kind of threw together. And you can tell Valve was not expecting the uh, the feedback that the public was giving them on this game that, you know, like I said, was just kind of slapped together. Yeah, like w- what it was was the original Portal, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went down, but it was like a, a student project or an independent project. It wasn't something Valve themselves were making directly. But they snatched up these guys like they do, like they did with Team Fortress and, you know, Left 4 Dead. They snatched up these guys and this whole idea, and they just said, run with it. You know, make it bigger, make it better, make it awesome. And it is. I mean, it's just insane that the technology that they make, that they've created to make these portals work the way they do, it it really blows your mind. Like, it's hard to describe unless you play it. Even watching a video doesn't quite do it justice. But yeah, Portal Two became or Portal One became a phenomenon, and Portal Two was obviously it had to be made. But the question was, will it be a full-fledged sequel and game, or will it be like another two to three-hour chunk and they ship it out? It, it was really kind of up in the air. But um, it was announced uh, March 2010, March 5th, 2010. They said, "Hey, we're making a sequel to Portal Two, and it's going to be or shit." Making a sequel to Portal. I am so excited that um, I guess I'm gonna sit down. Hold on a sec. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Yeah, they announced a sequel to Portal on March 5th, 2010, and the the internet went ablaze. We all went nuts. We were all freaking out, wondering what would happen. And what we got with Portal 2 that just recently released on PC, PS3, Xbox 360. We got a full-fledged sequel that has a several-hour-long campaign. Not just two or three hours, but like a good six to eight hours. And then on top of that, there is a full-fledged six to eight-hour multiplayer game. Now, how that works, I have no idea yet. But this game, the way you're playing it is it picks up uh, several, several years after the original game ended. And in the original Portal, uh, you work your way through doing all the puzzles... There's this evil robot named Gladys. You stop her. She sings a song, yada, yada. And then what Valve did was they went back uh, before the announcement of Portal 2 and reworked the ending to the original game. Hmm. They, they extended okay. it by like maybe a minute to where at the end of the game originally in the first game, everything blew up. You ended up on the outside of the facility. You were trying to escape. And then everything goes black. And when they reworked the ending... Uh, a robot comes at the end. You don't see it, but you hear it. And all of a sudden, when it goes to black, you hear it saying it's dragging you off for who knows what. And so you know there's something happening. Like it really, it set itself up for a sequel, but 
very vaguely. You had no idea what was going to happen. So when Portal 2 picks up, for whatever reason, you wake up in what looks like a hotel room, and there's this voice telling you that, uh, you know, we let our test subjects take a rest, yada, yada, yada. And then, poof, before you know it, this little robot comes out of the ceiling with this little eyeball head looking like that uh, that thing in Halo that talks to you, that floats around all the time, that little orb. Mm-hmm. So this little robot comes down. He has a British accent, and he's just freaking hilarious. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God, you're a human. You're alive. We have to get you out of here. And it turns out that your room that looks like a hotel room is actually like a big storage crate, like you would see like on a, on a boat somewhere. So it's just this big metal container and he picks it up and that they sling it down this rail and poof, you, you spill out into the world. And what has happened is this facility that you worked your way through in the original game has gone to crap. I mean, it looks like a thousand years have passed. It's overgrown with vines and there's crap everywhere. So it's actually more dangerous than it was before because half the machinery doesn't work right. And half of it's collapsed on itself. And, Eventually, you work your way to get a portal gun, and after that, uh, somehow, because you knew it was going to happen, you reactivate the evil robot from the first game, and it's pissed. Nice. It is pissed. It is so awesome because the robot, you're so glad it's back, and initially when it comes to life, I mean, this is a small bit of spoiler, it's like, did you know that there's a fail-safe feature in the game or a failsafe feature in the robot where it has a little black box and it records the last two minutes of its life continuously. So if that robot is ever shut down, it will always have the last two minutes of its like life, you know, or, or, or it's whatever happened, whatever recorded. So for who knows a thousand years, who knows how long this robot has had to relive its death over and over and over again, every two minutes. That would and suck so, horribly. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for a thousand years, every two minutes, it has to relive itself dying. And that tells you that immediately. Like, it's like, yeah, I had to relive my life uh, ending over and over and over again for who knows how many times. So, um, I hate you. I really, really hate you. And it proceeds to throw you back in these tests, and it's going to try and kill you. But the whole point of the test is it's going to try to... Uh, you know, torture you at the same time. It's going to put you through pure shit. And that's what the whole robot's goal is. It, it is just, it is so unique because in this game, you're using the portals again. So you're blasting one and a one portal and another portal to solve the puzzles, but they introduce new mechanics. So it's not just about avoiding gun turrets and jumping over lasers, but now they have this gel and, and, and they have two different colors. One color makes you bounce really high and another color makes you slide like 90 miles an hour like you're on super grease. <laughs> you're, having to, nah. you're having to use those to, to clear big gaps and jump to really, really high heights. And you have to time it, so sometimes you'll have to use that super grease, that, that, that one gel, to quickly slide between a bunch of like trap doors. Or you have to use the bouncing gel at a particular moment to make sure you hit a platform when it comes down to just the perfect height that you can make it on. They've also got tractor beams in there. So what you can do is you can shoot portals, and, and what you'll do is you'll redirect tractor beams to help yourself get to new areas. And you'll be doing this like you'll be in the middle of a tractor beam, then you have to shoot a couple portals really quickly and redirect that tractor beam to go another way. 
So with your portals, you can actually make that tractor beam, which was going horizontally, go vertically or at an angle. Now, how are the controls in the game itself? Are they, how you're describing them, are they easy to pull off? Is it very fluent? Is it clunky? With it coming from Valve, I bet the controls are spot on. They are super spot on. There is such a finite level uh, 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 of precision in this game that you don't even realize is happening. And and the way it's all laid out, like the puzzles and the mechanics and all of that, they're they're dished out to you very smoothly. So it's not like you know there, there's a dozen things going on and you're overwhelmed. That they put it out in such small and such intelligent increments that you know before you know it, you are doing these puzzles with ease. You completely understand the mechanics, and if you mess up, it's your own fault because you understand what's going on, and the controls are awesome. I mean, you can easily shoot a portal. You know, then shoot another portal, and then jump this, duck under that. It, it's it's really, really smooth. I mean, it's all it's like Meat Boy quality, down to the pixel. Now, besides, uh, I'm gonna call it the main story campaign. What other features comes in Portal Two? Really, that's it. Like you have the the main campaign, and then you have a multiplayer campaign. I haven't delved into it too much. I mean, there could be time trials because the original game had that. Uh, there are lots of secrets to find. Now, I don't know if there are achievements or unlockables related to that, but all over the place, you might uh, duck under some debris and find a secret room, and it will have like messages written on it from the uh, previous, you know, inhabitants, survivors, or people, robots. Who knows who wrote it? Okay. But you'll see funny little messages and stuff. In the first game. You kept seeing stuff like the cake is a lie, which is the joke that went, you know, way too far. And you have that same kind of stuff in this game, but it's a little more intelligently written. Uh, you have pictures and little tie-ins to uh, Half-Life. Sometimes you'll see little notes about Black Mesa or Aperture Science, which is the facility that you're inside of, presumably. The, um, the other big thing is, though, what you'll like, the music is really, really good. Ah, music. One of the, that's the big thing with me, people just tuning in for the first time. Big thing for me of gaming is the music. I'm not a composer. I am absolutely terrible. Play music. I just enjoy music and games. And you're telling me right now the music is very nice? It's really cool. It's really neat. Good deal. It, it's, it's not like a big orchestra symphony, or it's not like a big movie soundtrack. But it's, it, it, it comes in at just the right moment. It fades out at just the right moment. It, it always fits the mood. So it's very techno-poppy. Very hip and, and cool, which is sort of in tune with the game, so it, it really fits well. I mean, it, it almost comes in in a way that you don't even realize the music is playing, and then once your ears key in on it, you're like, wow, that is really good. Uh, and complementing the music and the sound, uh, because the sound effects are, you know, they're good, uh, is just the, 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 uh, the voice acting. It's totally awesome. You have Stephen Merchant as Wheatley, who is the little British robot. He's awesome. Uh, you have Ellen McLean, who comes back as GLaDOS, this uh, evil, psychotic robot that is just super sarcastic, and the jokes for her are fantastic. And J.K. Simmons, this is the guy who played J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, you know, with a little mustache, and he yes. was the dad in Juno, and he's Did in those... fantastic job. Yeah, he, those insurance commercials, he's in those now. Farmer's Insurance? Yeah. We are farmers, <laughs> da 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 
so he plays Cave Johnson, which uh, is actually human, but you only hear his voice through like pre-recorded moments in the game. And he gives a really great, you know, performance. Very funny uh, in the way that only he could do. And you know, going along with that, since I'm talking about all the big points of the game, the graphics are really nice. Uh, the original game was very bland. It looked nice. It had a really cool, unique style, but it was just a lot of white walls, gray walls, a little bit of water, clean looking, but nothing spectacular. Uh, this new game, um, what they do here isn't so different. I mean, you don't have mind-blowing visuals. You don't have crazy textures that just you know look super realistic, like you're playing Gears of War, or God of War Three, or Castlevania. What you have is a game like Left 4 Dead that doesn't push the biggest polygons, but what it does is it uses the lighting really, really well. And what they do is they don't have a giant polygon count, but they cram the environment full of just tons and tons of textures and lots of interesting stuff and just tons and tons of detail. So it really feels alive. It doesn't feel like they copied and pasted a bunch of stuff you know they didn't copy and paste a brick that looked amazing a thousand times you know, you've got, you, you, you know you've got you you walk into a room and there's a dozen filing cabinets but not one of them looks alike you know you got vines growing over this and these vines look different than these vines just the variety is really refreshing and makes it just jump and pop at you and everything's moving and interactive it's super awesome very very nice very nice so, uh, like I said, a full-fledged game, campaign, tons and tons of great dialogue, and, and one of the, the best jokes that I've heard so far, and I'm going to mention this, and I'm going to stop ramming like an idiot, because as everyone knows, when I'm really excited about a game, I just can't shut up. I get tongue-twisted, and that's when you know you should go buy it. So, at one moment in the game, I was going through a puzzle, one of the test chambers, as they call it, and... Gladys is talking, you know, she's spitting off her usual stuff. And I beat the test chamber and I'm going down to the elevator, which is at the end of every room. And she says, um, the results from the test are in. Turns out you're a horrible person. We weren't testing for that. It's really crazy how, it, you know, how we found that out. But yeah, you're a horrible person. She's still <laughs> pissed that you killed her in the first game. The next level loads up. You come up the elevator, and she starts talking again, and she's like, I, you know, that was uncalled for. I'm sorry uh, that we called you a horrible person. But you know what? Now we have uh, scientific proof of why your mother left you on a doorstep unwanted. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. Nasty comments. Yeah, but it's funny. Terrible. It's really cool. But, I mean, personally, I, this game is a 9.9. .9. For me, I've only played maybe three hours of the game, uh, and unless something else happens, I mean, I'm having such a good time with it. This game is an absolute buy, 9.9, .9, and I haven't even touched the the co-op or anything. Very, very nice. 9.9 .9 out of 10. And like you said, haven't dove into the co-op yet, and we don't know how long of a game this is going to be. I'm going to assume it's going to be a fairly lengthy game, and you're going to get your money's worth no matter what. Yeah, and I'll update you guys. If When I beat the game, uh, which won't be very long, this weekend it'll be beaten. Um, if for some reason it turns to pure crap or something happens where I lower my score or decide to give it a perfect 10, I'll let you know. But I am 
the few hours I've spent with it have been some of the best gaming I've had all year. I mean, I, I could not stop smiling. I was laughing out loud, and I was just tickled pink. I really can't see your score going down uh, unless like, unless the online play is just awful. And since this is coming from Valve, I don't see that happening at all. But score of 9.9 out of 10, Gooch, I can see why you you think, and I'm going to agree with you right now, it sounds like it is definitely in the running for Game of the Year, and we're still just in April. Yeah, now, I, once uh, you know Uncharted 3 comes out, and we get a new Elder Scrolls game, and there's a Mass Effect 3, Batman, and, Arkham know, City, Arkham City, uh, Dragon Age 2 is sadly probably not going to make it this year, but yeah, so many big games this year. I mean, I don't think Portal 2 is going to win Game of the Year, but for sure it's going to be nominated, and it's going to win a bunch of awards. Yeah, we talked about this before we started the show, and it, it sounded like for us, if we have to, we'll just have to make up an award for it, like the something award, because, hey, it had to get something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had to write, like, pure joy, like, I've never once been frustrated or mad at this game so far, like... the. The, the uh, oh man, how would I even say it? The, the game that makes me happy. The game I wish I could marry. I don't know. <laughs> that's really about how I'd sum it up so far. And that's only three hours in. And you might be like, well, you're biased because you love the first game so much. And you know what I'm going to say? Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> Hell yes, I'm biased. I love Portal and I like Portal 2 a lot. I mean, even on its own, if you hadn't played the first game, you're going to love the second because the story and stuff isn't so critical that you need it. Right. Yep. Yep. So a 9.9 .9 out of 10 from the Gooch on Portal 2 definitely, definitely sounds like a winner. And if you're looking for a fun and great game to purchase in your upcoming future, uh, moving on, Gooch, what's next on the agenda? Next is, I think, something that you're going to be much more excited about than me, but I'm very excited, is a movie review. Don't know if I talk about. Don't know if I call that? it exciting, but it's just going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you turned me on to this. Uh, Thanksgiving, the uh, Thanksgiving horror movie. Comedy. It was a long time. We needed one. Horror thriller, if you combine all three genres into one. Mainly comedy. No horror. <laughs> It is completely ridiculous. Looking at the, the picture, if you're on Netflix or if you want to go to IMDb and look for Thanksgiving, uh, it is a turkey and very obviously a rubber mask, all one piece turkey, holding a, uh, a turkey baster or not turkey baster. What's that thing called? That turkey knife that you cut with? Um, motorized knife. A carving knife? Yeah, it's holding one of those, an electric carving knife. <laughs> and it says, gobble, gobble, mother effer, on the box, <laughs> on the movie poster, on the box, gobble, gobble, mother effer. Now, just a title like this and seeing like this puppet turkey like on the cover, you're thinking to yourself two things. Oh, my God, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not going to watch it. Or from just a goofy you love those comedy horror movie standpoint oh my god this could be a comedy gold mine i can't wait to watch it i actually found out about this from my girlfriend who had read like a review or something on some of those websites she was on and i was thinking to myself this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard about so you know we found it on our netflix account and we fired it up and watched it and it is so 
terrible. But at the same time, the movie's not trying to be like an Oscar-worthy film. You know right from the beginning this movie is going to be just hilarious. It's going to be stupid but hilarious at the same time. Yeah, it's not it's not trying to be anything but just fun. I mean, it's just goofy and gory and it's all over the place. I mean, you, you have one moment where it's trying to actually be genuinely scary. It never succeeds. Uh, and, and then when it's trying to be pure slapstick comedy and it never succeeds, it, it's really all over the place, but it's just the, the sum of its parts and mainly the Turkey the, <laughs> that the makes basic, this movie so awesome. The basic plot of the film is about a homicidal Turkey. Yes. I'm going to say that again, just in case you didn't hear me and you, you thought you imagined something. A homicidal turkey that talks goes off killing college kids during Thanksgiving break. Now, the best actor in the film is the turkey. Yeah, <laughs> hands Just down. Just these one-liners he throws at you. <laughs> the first line in the movie, the turkey says. I mean, the first thing it says in the entire movie is, uh, nice tits. Nice tits, bitch. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's actually sorry, that's actually the first spoken words in the entire movie now that I think about it. The first scene is back at the very first Thanksgiving. The very first Thanksgiving and you see boobs. You see no. this you see this uh, woman running around in a pilgrim outfit with her boobs hanging. <laughs> actually just to clarify, the opening shot of the movie is a nipple. I mean exactly. it's just a zoom in of a nipple. That's all it, it just the, the screen fades in <laughs> opening nipple. Uh, and then it zooms out this woman with, you know, very busty woman, an older lady, you know, a, a milf as, as people would call her, like you said, running around with her boobs, hanging out of her very cheesy bought from Walmart pilgrim costume. If at Walmart, it could have been homemade for all we know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Homemade would have looked a little more authentic though. Unless we were making it and then it just looked like pure garbage. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you weren't staring at that. You were staring at her massive cans. <laughs> and she was running. I mean, she's just running. Her boobs are flopping all over the place. And there's a turkey chasing her with an axe. After doing some more research, I uh, come to find out that she has starred in other films in the pornography business. <laughs> you want to name off a few of those, you know, in her resume? Oh, you really want to hear them? I want to hear. I heard them earlier. But I want everyone else to hear them. Well, she has starred in such thrillers as Older Women, Younger Men 9, um, Bust a Nut 5 and 6. <laughs> MILF does a body good 1 and 2. <laughs> Best name ever. Older Women, Younger Men 11. And Cock Smoking Grannies. <laughs> yeah, oh wow. Oh, yeah, you know you got a winner right there. The rest of the actors and actresses in this film you have never heard of. I will guarantee you've never heard of them, except for a guy you might have sort of heard of. His name is Chuck Lamb, and his claim to fame is playing dead bodies. And again, I'm saying this again. His claim to fame is playing dead bodies in movies and films. In fact, he has his own website, deadbodyguide.com. He also plays the police officer in the film. He does an awesome job as the police officer, let's be honest. He's got this – he has a mustache, so, so they're dressing him up like the very stereotypical western goofy police officer. Um, 
Oh, man. How does that open up? His wife's making him coffee. He's sitting there eating breakfast. He's drinking a cup of coffee, and he just flips out because the coffee tasted terrible. It's the way he says his lines. I mean, he's going over the board, or over the top, overacting. I mean, he sounds like this, like a country hillbilly. And I know we have accents, Gooch, but that accent is way, and I mean way over the top. <laughs> It's very forced and almost on purpose. I mean, it's really trying to be cheesy. And his mustache makes it even better. Like I mentioned earlier, he has a mustache. Very very stereotypical, very corny, hillbilly-looking mustache. Yeah, pasted on. I mean, it's like one piece. It's almost – I think it's lopsided. Like, I swear, I think it's lopsided on his face. It looks like it's going to fall off at every moment that they're filming him. I mean, it just it's hanging on by a thread, you know? What did he say? He's like, this coffee tastes like shit. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and then she slams the pot, and we're going to just talk about this movie. You have to watch it. It's, we're not ruining it. But his wife slams the coffee pot on the table and is like, I'm leaving you. And then he immediately calls his daughter and is like, your stepmom left me. And it doesn't even phase her. Like She's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. It's like the fourth time it's happened that month or something like that. It makes you believe that. It's it's just nothing off his, you know, nothing nothing major. You know, she's gotten used to this. That's a little bit further into the film. Backing up after the uh, the porno pilgrim girl woman gets slaughtered by the turkey, it jumps 500 years into the future with our um, I don't even want to call them heroes, just our stupid college kids. Our four heroes, you have the slutty one, the brainy one, the brainy girl one, the nerd one, and the hillbilly fat one. Yeah, very stereotype. I mean, just, just straight up pulled right out of Scream and, you know, I know what you did last summer. With and, some of oh, the worst, yeah. and I mean the worst acting you have ever seen in your life. Terrible. I don't believe, like, it says some of them are actors or actresses. I don't believe it. I mean, if they are, uh, I hope they don't try to make a living off of it. <laughs> no, they would be living off the streets by now. Like, it, it's so bad. It's like us. No, in fact, I think we could have done a better job, Gooch, in acting in this. And yet, we've had zilch, and I mean zilch, acting training whatsoever. <laughs> but the the turkey is, is, is good. I mean, granted, he only has like one or two lines at a time. The turkey's by far the best in the whole movie. Yes, especially he's always carrying around this rifle with him. And you're wondering, yeah. where is this rifle coming from? Is he just pulling it out of his butt and then aiming it at people? It's like one minute you see the turkey and all of a sudden, bam, there's a rifle. And he's holding up his feathers. And and you never see like the full turkey. You only see like down to like the bottom of the neck. Because it's like that's that's all they have is that one rubber piece. And you see a couple feathers. One of the best scenes in the film, and I, I've got to tell people this is when the turkey kills the slutty girl first. The slutty girl gets another guy, just some random guy, I guess, off the street, and they're doing it. The turkey doing it, wait, doing it with their clothes on, like oh, yeah, fully on, clothed. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I guess they couldn't get the actors and actresses to show anything, besides the uh, the other woman who was just, I guess, used to it. The so anyways, stuff. the turkey sneaks up. Um, what does he do to the guy? He, he doesn't shoot him. Maybe, he, does he stab him? Yeah, he does something. He makes him bleed. I, I remember, like, blood, like, the thing was, like, blood spills on her back. Like, he, uh, you know, shot his load on her back to be 
completely uncouth there, and she's all thinking the guy behind her finished first. God, you didn't last long. So then the turkey goes and humps, humps this goes to hump this girl. <laughs> at the very end, he finishes. He just looks at her and goes, you just got stuffed. <laughs> yeah, and then he kills her. It breaks her neck. So then our our heroes or our who, whatever you want to call them get there too late. The jock guy goes in, comes back out, and just very nonchalantly says, "She's dead." And I found this gravy flavored condom wrapper on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. I swear, this is in the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I. I, I like there's a couple moments in there where different things happen. Uh, what I like is the um, what is it when the, when the turkey's on the side of the road, like in the middle of the day, and the um, what was it that guy pulls up in the car? Like there's this man in the car all by himself, creepy looking pedophile type guy, opens his passenger side door on the side of the road and starts talking to the turkey, like like he instinctively knows this turkey's going to start talking back to him. Yeah. So he offers the turkey a ride. Uh, in exchange for like you know some sexual favor, which is just even more disturbing, uh, you know that he that he knows this turkey's going to talk and he wants to exchange some sort of you know sex act. The turkey gets in the car, and then the turkey pretty much explains like, "Hey, dude, I don't swing that way." And then the turkey, like you said, pulls a shotgun out of nowhere and puts it to the guy's head. <laughs> and he goes, "You got a family? Yeah, call her, call her." So the guy like calls his daughter. He's talking to her. He's like, it makes you think like, oh, he's gonna be fine. And all of a sudden, he the turkey blows his head off and jumps in the driver's seat and drives the car. <laughs> Thanks yeah. down the road. <laughs> Just <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. And then oh man, and we're giving away all the best moments, but you just you have to watch it to believe it. What is the the the, the turkey's killing everyone? The uh, he kills the um. The hillbilly sheriff police officer guy. And then, uh, no, wait, no, actually, even better than that. He has dinner with the guy. Yeah, he goes dressed up. He's wearing one of those glasses with a nose and a mustache that you would get, like, at a comedy shop. He's wearing one of those, and the cop just thinks he's just a person. Or he calls him, he thinks he's a, he's a, uh, like a dwarf or a, a, a little person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're they're like having coffee together and stuff, and you know, he, he keeps making like all these comments towards the turkey that the turkey doesn't like. You know, the turkey's like, man, this guy is so stupid. And <sighs> I'm not gonna ruin the conversation that they have, yeah. people, because it's just you've got to hear it to believe it. It's so it's so stupid, but it's so it's so hilarious at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, I almost so- ready to cry. Life is so hard. <laughs> so what happens is the turkey eventually kills that guy cuts off his face and wears it over his you know turkey face uh in in the same way that like texas chainsaw massacre you know that villain wears the 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 face over top of his own face just a whole lot cheesier way way cheesy it doesn't even look real which obviously we don't expect it to but so that guy's daughter you know comes home knocks on the door the turkey answers wearing her dad's face, and it doesn't even dawn on her that it's the turkey. <laughs> I mean, it's a two-foot-tall turkey wearing, you know, a grown man's face. And she's like, hey, Dad, how you doing? We're going off over here. And then she's like, my dad's acting funny. 
And it's just, I mean, it's like right out of Scooby-Doo. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> the, ending, the ending is awesome, too. Like, it is just, you could see it coming. It's just the dialogue that he says at the end. You just don't see come out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, man. And then, we don't want to mention how the turkey, you know, presumably dies. I mean, obviously, you never kill the real... Uh, the villain in these movies. Do we want to mention the big climactic ending or let people see it on their own? They've got to see it to believe it. Okay. They've just got to see it to believe it because it's so, so stupid. Yet, if I ever come across this in a store or somewhere, you better believe I am buying the DVD. I've got to have it in my collection. Yeah, it's so good. It's the perfect movie to watch with friends. I mean, don't watch it by yourself. I mean, obviously, if you have no one else around or no one else who will watch it with you, watch it. You have to. But, I mean, this is the kind of movie you want to get together three, four, five people and have some popcorn and just laugh. Yes, this movie knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything special. It's over-the-top, stupid, but yet hilarious at the same time. One of the biggest things for me, Gooch, was going back and looking at the budget for this film. And you're thinking, God, the budget is probably next to nothing, which is absolutely right. $3,500 was the budget for Thanksgiving. $3,500. Not $300,000, not $3 million. No, $3,500. And I would say, Gooch, just about... I would say probably at least 90% of that money went to the making of the turkey, and the rest of it was probably for the gore. That's yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I swear, that's it. The special effects just would come off a regular PC or a Mac, like in Movie Maker. That's it. <laughs> it's really bad. The actors are bad. The locations are just real bland, like they, they shot in Somewhere some person's in house. It's yeah, a, there's a, you actually see the license plates that they didn't cover up the license plates of their vehicles. They're in Ohio somewhere. Yeah, that was right. We saw that. I want to say it was close to like out in the countryside of Columbus, not in Columbus, Ohio, not not the capital of Ohio, but maybe somewhere out in that somewhere out in that area. Yeah, I mean, it was a very rural area that they shot it in, but just phenomenal. Like we talked about last week, our last question of the day was movies that are so bad, but you still love them. This is absolutely one of them. This is probably the new top of my list because this movie is absolutely the worst uh, with quality production story. I mean, just just the, the overall movie itself is so poorly put together, but yet it's so awesome. If you would have told me there was a movie on Netflix about a killer turkey, and I had to watch it, I would have, you know, said no. I said, that's stupid. I'm not going to waste my time with it. But then DB comes to my home. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm going to get some food. We're going to sit down, and we're going to watch this movie together because you have to. And that was the second time you watched the film. Oh, and I still loved it. It's one of those films like you've got to watch with your buddies. Definitely. If you watch it by yourself, you're going to lose brain cells. It's that bad. But if you're watching with other people to laugh with, it it makes the experience that much more fun. Highly recommended from me if you like this style and this, this type of film. If you don't like these bloody, gory, real cheesy comedy films, you're going to hate it. But these films up here, they just, they go right up my alley, you know? Perfect. Yeah, it's so awesome. And it's on Netflix, of all things. I mean, 
you don't really have to go out and look for it. I mean, most people have Netflix on your 360, your PC, wherever. So, you know, just start it up. If you got an hour or two one night, you're not doing anything. You have yeah. no reason not to watch it. Not Netflix in uh, renting DVDs, but just your instant streaming Netflix. If you have yeah. that feature, just fire it up and prepare to be blown away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on oh, so many levels. So, Gooch, let's go ahead and move on now from uh, the terrible, awful, yet awesomeness of Thanksgiving. What's coming next? Uh, next, do you want to go into the news section? We can go for In okay. the News! In the News! <laughs> oh, man, I wasn't quite sure if we were doing it. I knew we were doing In the News, but I kind of forgot. You know, we didn't have an In the News segment for last week, so we've got some work to make up here on yeah. So, uh, where do you want? What story do you want to start with here? Let's start with the biggest story as of right now. Big rumors from the Nintendo camp: a possible new console in the works, tentatively titled Project Cafe. Nintendo's saying that it's going to support 1080p, be more powerful than a 360 and a PlayStation 3, and have a six-inch touchscreen built into the controller itself. Nothing else has been said. We don't know much about it, but Gooch, if I had to bet money, I would bet that during E3 this year, Nintendo will at least have a working model to show what this bad boy is going to be capable of, capable of producing. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be their big reveal this year. I mean, Microsoft and Sony aren't doing, you know, connect or uh, move hardware, which I don't think would have compared anyway. But yeah, I mean, they're going to come out and say, hey, this is Project Cafe, which is the code name. They might tell us a real name. Uh, hopefully we get to see what it looks like. Definitely want to see that controller. Uh, I mean, if they cram analog sticks and a D-pad and buttons and bumpers and the touchpad uh, and the touchscreen, you know, six inches, that's huge. That, that's mind-blowing. Um, just, just so many mock-ups on the internet right now throw it out, uh, you know, what they think it's going to look like, and no one has a clue. Will yes. it have motion controls? Another big question. Will it have this? Yes. And Nintendo, you get the feeling that Nintendo is going back out to go after the hardcore gamer market. With the Wii, it was the casual type market for the parents and the grandparents. But now Nintendo, they're going back to their guns, they're going back to the basics saying, by God, we love our hardcore gamers, we want them back, let's go after them. Because the casual gamers, hey, you've got the Wii. That's very true. But will it, I mean, hopefully it's backwards compatible, and we... You know, I'm pretty sure it is. Nintendo has a pretty good track record of uh, doing that. But the big thing is, I mean, they're pushing like for the hardcore gamers. You're going to get 1080p, uh, presumably HDMI, definitely, right? Uh, we're going to get a more somewhat traditional controller. Um, you know, graphics on par and looking like going to be better, a more powerful machine than the PS3 or the 360. Uh, my big question is price. I mean, Nintendo has always been sort of cost-effective. With the exception of, you know, like Nintendo 64 carts, I mean, the Nintendo 64 console wasn't that expensive. 200 bucks, that was fair. Yep. Uh, the Wii being the most expensive console they had released to date, are they going to break the 250 mark? Are they going to release a 300 or $400 console? Right now, Gooch, for me, it is way 
too early to be predicting a price just due to the fact we don't know what this new new console is going to be capable of, what what type of hardware it has built into it. Until we at least get an understanding of what we know is going to be with this package and with this deal, I, I can't make a prediction. I really can't. It, 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 you got to wonder what they're doing because Nintendo, they are innovators. I mean, they step up and they, they do stuff, and most of the time it works. I mean, the the way our controllers are laid out now has come from the 64, the Nintendo, the uh, the SNES, you know, from shoulder buttons to analog sticks and, you know, the diamond button layout. These are things Nintendo innovated. I mean, they, they, they stepped forward and said, hey, this, is, this works really well. I just got to wonder, I mean... What's this new controller going to do? Um, how's the system going to look? Um, they're they're going to stick with DVD, right? Will it be uh, more online focused? I mean, will I have a bigger hard drive? Will I be able to download stuff? Will it tie into the, the games I bought off the Wii? Um, will it work with the 3DS? So many questions. And Nintendo, they do what they want to do. I mean, we're... We're speculating. We're going off rumors. We don't want to guess too much. And even if we do guess, they could come out of the gate, and it could be something completely different. It, you know, this this is the game that you stick the controller in your ass, and <laughs> you love it. Uh, I, I Nintendo no will answer all those questions in the future. Yes, and you gotta think. I mean, Microsoft and Sony have to. If they're not already developing new hardware, and I'm sure it's in the works, but if they're not serious about it. They have to be freaking out right now. I mean, if Nintendo comes to E3 this year and says, here's our new console, and if they announce that it will be out early next year, or hell, if they announce it will be out by the end of the year, that'll blow our freaking minds. But if it's in the you know pretty soon release, like within a year or so, Microsoft and Sony are going to be freaking out to get out new hardware. I can't see this console coming out at the end of this year. I don't see it happening. Unless Nintendo have already, have already has already made these consoles. They've got them sitting in a storage bin somewhere, and they're being incredibly hush-hush about it. I'm thinking next year sometime. That's my that's my gut feeling. I agree. I mean, it's not going to be that long, though. I mean, for me personally, that's what I think. Because when Nintendo announces something, I mean, when they reveal a console... Uh, it, it's not that big of a development. Like you don't have to wait that long. They say, you know, hey, here, there, here is this thing we call it the Wii, or hey, here is the 3DS or the DS. Poof, you're playing that thing within a year, year and a half tops. Yes, Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. Absolutely, Nintendo definitely making a charge. Moving on to the next topic, the newest Mortal Kombat game to be released, chocked full of massive amounts of content, which has me scratching my head, Gooch. Maybe I should go out and get the newest Mortal Kombat game. Not so big on the fighting genre anymore, but you know what? I love me some fatalities. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I've been following the game a lot, but definitely uh, listening to the Giant Bombcast and some of the other podcasts, reading reviews, looking on YouTube... Um, and because I've been thinking, it's been a very serious debate on whether or not I'm going to pick this up. I mean, I just bought Portal 2, and I don't have a lot of time to play games, but man, I mean, just they're talking like this game has a full-fledged story mode full of cutscenes and dialogue, and I mean, it, that takes several hours to complete. It's got this huge, I mean, 
huge, huge uh, challenge mode similar to what Mortal Kombat had where you're working your way up through all kinds of challenges. You might uh, have to do a fight with no arms where you can't use any of your arm-based moves or, you know, punches. You you might be fighting upside down. You know, you might be fighting without heads or, you know, who knows what's going on. Controls might be reversed. Uh, and then, you know, every character has their own single-player story for uh, an ending for, like, what if they won the tournament. Uh, on top of that, there's the multiplayer. There's like an online mode where you can actually view other matches and rate them. Uh, there's tons and tons of unlockable costumes and fatalities and art and tracks. Um, and the coolest thing, the absolute coolest thing, which I really can't wait to try out, is um, apparently there are... Um, actually, I should say there were... Uh, do you remember Mortal Kombat? There were so many rumors about every Mortal Kombat game. About yes. how you fight Reptile, how you fight Smoke. Uh, there's this secret character in Mortal Kombat 1 that you can only get by doing a million crazy things. Yeah, it was that kickboxer. Yeah, like there's so many rumors and, and things that they talked about and discussed in, you know, uh, for the Mortal Kombat series. And a lot of you know these were true, but so many of them were not. Like a big example would be uh, Mortal Kombat 2 had that stage, or was it 3? I think it was 2, that had a stage where the trees in the background had mouths. Yeah, that was Mortal Kombat t uh, 2, like the forest of death, where the trees would eat the people. See, they didn't actually eat you in the game. Nope. That was a rumor, but in the new Mortal Kombat, they will. That's cool. There was the nudality. Yeah, see, that might be in there. Who knows? I doubt it, but I'm saying. <laughs> you heard oh. about animalities in the second one, and then we got animalities in the third one, which were just yeah. stupid. I mean, that's that's what's going on in the new Mortal Kombat. I mean, all, all kinds of the rumors and things that people thought could happen are in this new game. I mean, so, it's just tons of stuff. I believe I just might have to pick myself up a copy of the newest Mortal Kombat. Moving on to the Sony camp, and this is no shocker, PSP Go's are going out the door, out the window. Has Sony has not made this official yet, but production has stopped on constructing new PSP Go's. Gooch, we talked about this several podcasts ago, and... The PSP Go was just a flaming turd right from the beginning. We knew it was going to crash and fail. No surprise here. I just feel bad for the people that actually purchased one of these. They can still buy games on it. They just you know, have to use their PS3, and probably the support's going to go way, way down for the downloadable games. Especially since Sony is working on their newest handheld console. Yeah, it's true, but... You know what? Hey, it wasn't it, you know it wasn't a perfect system, but it wasn't a bad system. I think it's actually a neat idea, and I think they were pushing in the right direction. I mean, uh, a handheld that you can buy all kinds of games on—that that's awesome. I think I think like the iPhone and the Droid, these new handheld systems need to have a really really good online market system. You know, where I can just you know uh, be sitting at my house, view a bunch of games, and download it and have it right there. Because what do you love most about your Droid or your iPhone is that all of your games are with you. That's true, but these are phone games we're talking about. These aren't big money titles that, for me personally, and we've already talked about this, I want a physical copy in my hand. I still <laughs> want my physical copy. But that's just me. And I know Jerry feels the same way. 
Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I like physical copies. I didn't buy Portal 2 on PC because I, I, I knew I wanted a physical copy of some sort. Eventually, the future of gaming could lead to that. But as of right now, I want my physical copy. By God, because that's just how I roll. So PSP Go, PSP goes right out the window. And moving on to our final story of the day. And Gooch, very, very excited about this one. Sonic Team talking about a new Sonic game right on the horizon. Sonic Generations. As an unknown enemy causes an appearance of multiple time holes that takes Sonic and his buddies traveling back through time. What this means is we're going to see over 20 years of Sonic history in one game, ranging from the classic era back on the Genesis through the Dreamcast era up to the modern era of where we're at now. Hopefully no more of that wear Sonic crap that we saw in Sonic Unleashed, but more of the awesomeness of Sonic Colors. Gooch, could this be the one game that finally gets Sonic Team back in the right direction. Sonic 4 Episode 1 started to give us a taste of what Sonic Team was originally about. Could this be the actual title that says, By God, Sonic Team is back. Sonic is back. I'm really hoping. I mean, uh, Sonic, you know, um, Sonic 4 was fantastic. Granted, it's only Episode 1, and it may be overpriced by some people's standards. It was phenomenal, and I thought it was really, really good. This trailer that they've put out for uh, Sonic Generations looks splendid. I mean, that's just that's a word I don't throw around very often. It looks splendid. It, it, it's just it tickled a part of me, uh, you know, nostalgically, just seeing that old uh, character model for Sonic in 3D running through a traditional Sonic stage. And wow, I mean, Sonic 4 looks awesome, but that 2D Sonic section that they show in the trailer, it looks fun. Nominal. Yes. The best-looking 2D, 3D game ever. Hopefully the controls are are really, really good. That was the killer in 2006, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. The controls were just garbage. Hopefully Sonic Team has learned their lesson, and with Sonic Generations, we will get a more tightly controlled Sonic game. But I'm really, really hoping, Gooch, that this this really is the one title against the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise back back in the running that that we remember sonic from our past expect this title in the fourth quarter of 2011 yeah i cannot wait and with that being said gooch that wraps up the in the news segment for this week which leads us to what question of the day before that oh crap uh super street fight no not super street mortal kombat versus street fighter challenge I have to say super anytime I say Street Fighter. It's just it's 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 just ingrained in my DNA now. Challenge! Challenge! <laughs> Going back to last week's winners, moving on, who moved on to the next round? Well, Ken Masters 2010 defeated Liu Kang very, very decisively. Guile squeaking by Sub-Zero. Akuma defeats M. Bison. And Scorpion defeating Chung Lee. So we're now down to the final four. The winner is going to depend at, uh, on you at home listening. Email us who do you think will win and vote for your favorite. And they'll advance to the final round. Or they just might advance to the final round. Here are our two matches. Ken Masters 2010 versus Guile. Who do you think wins, Gooch? Oh, man. I'm going to go say Ken Masters. 
You're going to give it to Kim Masters 2010. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and put down a vote from Jerry Terrifying, the host of the Mondo Coolcast, <laughs> because Jerry already said if he doesn't write in, Kim Masters gets his vote. So I've got him down. Gooch, I am going to go on the other side. I'm going to vote for Guile on this one. Oh. Because Guile's theme goes with everything. <laughs> oh, very true. Very true. <laughs> Our second match, Akuma versus Scorpion. Scorpion. I'm going with Scorpion also. I'm going with Scorpion also. So, there are the two matches right there, everybody. Kid Masters 2010 versus Guile. Akuma versus Scorpion. Who do you think wins? Email us at goochandthedouchebag at gmail.com. Again, that's goochandthedouchebag at gmail.com with your answer. And in next podcast, maybe next week or two weeks from now, we'll have the finals and see who advances to the very finals and who will represent the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter Challenge. Who is the ultimate player in this universe? Is it going to be from Street Fighter? Is it going to be from Mortal Kombat? Or is it going to be from a side game from Capcom? <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's still technically in the universe, right? Uh, in the United States, yes. Now, in the, the Japanese version, it had nothing to do with Street Fighter. So, sure, why not? Sweet. I want to do something else once, once this is over. I mean, we got to have another tournament or another... Uh, tally another vote of some sort, you know? I agree, Gooch. This has been a lot of fun to do. I, I wasn't expecting this big of a turnout either from people listening and voting for their favorite favorite uh, fighters and things. So yeah, this has been an absolute ball to talk about and do. Yeah, it's it's really neat. It's, it's a good... Uh, um, it's the matchup that we'll never get, really. I mean, because... You know, they're once predominantly Japanese series, once predominantly, you know, uh, a Western series. So, you know, we'll never get the real matchup in game, but now we have a definitive uh, winner amongst our circle that we talk to and our fans and everything. Yes, and we'll have that feel, yeah, the uh, fantasy feelings like, what if this actually happened? Who do we think would win? Bam, we'll have a we'll have an answer to talk about. So yes. So go ahead and get voting. Who do you think's gonna win? Email us at goochinthedouchebag at gmail.com with your response. Let's go ahead and move on, Gooch. Sweet. Now it's time for question of the day. Yes. Sweet. Th- this week's question of the day is have you played a game that inspired you to play another game? Have you played a game that has ever inspired you to play another game. Yeah. And this happened to me the other day um, where I haven't had a whole lot of time to play games. I've been actually getting a lot of games on my iPhone as I was talking to DB. I've actually in the last week bought two or three new games. So um, I'm looking at my phone right here. A game I bought that I've been meaning to buy for a long time is Battle Heart. And what Battle Heart is, it's a really neat, charming little um RPG, more or less, but the whole focus is on battles. So what I'm doing in the game is, you know, I have a bunch of character classes, you know, rogues, mages, knights, and all that stuff. Uh, I drag my fingers on the screen and fight orcs and trolls and all that kind of stuff. It really reminded me, in a way, of um, Dragon Age. And the funny thing is, 
it put me in the mood to start playing Dragon Age again. I mean, I have been playing the game on and off, on and off, on and off. But I mean, it put me in the mood to really, really play Dragon Age. So after a couple, you know, maybe an hour, two hours with Battleheart, I sunk uh, a lot of time in Dragon Age, a lot of late evenings uh, into that game. And I, I couldn't put it down. And it was all because uh, Battleheart put me in the mood to play Dragon Age. For me, Gooch, uh, this says this has been a few months ago, but it was when I went out of town and visited one of my friends, and he had just recently purchased the new NBA Jam. And as I was playing the new NBA Jam, I was wishing, God, I love to be playing the original NBA Jam back on the the Genesis and the SNES or even the arcades, because this one just is not that good at all, <laughs> especially for the price. So for me, it was playing the new NBA Jam, making me wish I was playing the old NBA Jam. Yeah, but see, before you played that, you, you weren't really feeling the mood to play NBA Jam. You weren't like, man, That's I love true. to go play me some NBA Jam. You played the new one because it was out, and then you're like, man, I missed the original game, and that's what I really want to play. Yep. So for all of you listening at home, have you played a game that has inspired you to play another game? Let us know at Gooch and the Douchebag at gmail.com with your response. And with that being said, Gooch, we'll move into the... Jukebox break. Very good. So I'm on a roll. Would you believe that <laughs> no one got the jukebox break song right? I can't believe that. See, uh, maybe two, one podcast, two or three podcasts ago, Scott and Tony on Classically were talking a little bit about Ninja Gaiden. Uh-huh. You know, talking about uh, going down to Midtown Media. Yep. Um, you know, playing some old school games and stuff. Yep. And I think it was they got the Super Nintendo copy of Ninja Gaiden. I could be wrong. But anyway, they were talking about it, and I, I thought for sure if anyone's going to guess the song, it's going to be one of those guys. We had some guesses, but the guesses were not correct. And you're right, Gooch. It is, the song was a title. Uh, for, it was a song from Ninja Gaiden, one of the many, many awesome songs from Ninja Gaiden. I'd actually forgotten how many awesome tracks there were from that game when I went back and started doing some research on the music. Phenomenal game within itself. It's one of the best games ever made. Period. Yeah, and so hard. Harder in the U.S. than it was, you know, uh, in Japan. Painfully hard, yes. You did get unlimited continues. Except with with number three. One and two, you had unlimited continues. Three, you had a limited amount of continues that made the difficulty level that much more challenging. Yeah. So yeah. So this week, maybe if you get it right, we are going to announce your nickname over the air on our next podcast. Let's go ahead and step out for a very quick break here on the Jukebox Break. As you're listening to Gooch and the Douchebag Radio, presented to you by J2Games.com, Scenic7PR, and Gamersgate.com. We'll see you in a few, everybody. This was a triumph. Making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done and you make a neat plan For the people who are still alive 
always if you think you know the answer to this week's jukebox break write in to gooch and the douchebag at gmail.com and you might win yourself a big old pack of nothing and you better get right yeah you better it's it's not going to be as hard this week if you get it wrong then you obviously just avoid the internet at all costs i mean you have to this is this week it's a great song you have to know what it is i expect everyone to get it correct we will see gooch we will see. And with that being said, it's time for everybody's favorite, favorite segment here on GNDB Radio. It's time for the... Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Ghost in hell, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I hope people were able to hear that. It was kind of <laughs> low, but... <laughs> That's the best I could get as a sound. The sound quality in that turkey movie, the Thanksgiving movie, is just so bad. So let's try uh, that again. It's time for the... Bird. The bagged segment. Oh, man, that was brilliant. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> Sweet. We'll get the first message going here with Seabalm, and Seabalm goes on to say, Hello, GNDB. One thing I have to say first is the movie you were talking about in the beginning of last week's episode was actually called Rat Race. Hmm. Do we call it like Race Rat or something? We must have called it something else. Um, I was thinking Rat Race. Of course, when I think something, chances are I say something else that I'm trying to say something different. So, okay, rat race. I thought we did call it that, but uh, who knows. Uh, see here. Well, Gooch, you stole my answer to the question of the day. Killer clowns from outer space. I forgot the name of my next movie, but it just recently came out, and it was an animated movie, and it was about either bunnies or cats in the army. It was pretty gory. Okay. And lastly, the scary movie series. Pretty bad, but fun to watch. Talking about what we talked about last week, uh, Goose, question of the day. Films that are so bad, yet you love them. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space from C-Bomb, the scary movie series. And a film about bunnies and cats in the army that apparently slaughter each other. I'm a, I got to know the name of that movie because now I'm a little, little more curious. I love the scary movie series too. Um, after the the second one though, it wasn't the Wayne Wayans brothers doing those. It was the uh, it was the people behind the Naked Gun series and Airplane and Airplane Two and Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, the Z, starts of a Z. The you know who I'm talking about, Gooch? Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're talking about. I just don't know their name. It, it's a real funny, funny type of name. The Zuckerins or the 
Eva Zuckerman's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, even if I saw it, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. So, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a different way of doing things. But, yeah, I, I like the Scary Movie series as well there, C-Bomb. But anyway, C-Bomb, you just got... Bird. Next me- uh, message, Gooch. Yep, we got one here from Not Such a Bad Guy. Writes in and says, I was listening to this podcast while making out with my girlfriend in bed. For the win! Shabam! <laughs> he goes on to say, just kidding. Darn. Uh, I was actually listening to the podcast while playing Mirror's Edge. It just dropped to 30 bucks over here, uh, considering 1 USD equals 12 pesos. Nice. So uh, prices on games just suck big time over here. Uh, while in the USA you can find new games for around 50 to 60 bucks, over here it can be from 70 to 100 for a normal edition. Uh, but luckily, thanks to the power of the internet... I can order games from Amazon and sites like J2 Games. Gotta uh, love J2 Games. Absolutely. Bam! <laughs> uh, thanks for reading my email. And by the way, before I go, I have to ask, what's the phrase that comes to mind uh, when someone says video game quote? Phrase that comes to mind that says video game quote. Anything from Duke Nukem. <laughs> Anything, yeah. Anything from Duke Nukem. And uh, from Resident Evil, you almost became a Jill sandwich. That's the why that's freaking in my head. <laughs> if you're talking Resident Evil, you have to think the um, what is it? The uh, you're the master of unlocking. Is that how they said it? Something, something real, real stupid and bad. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, always Mario. I mean, ever since they changed the the voice, I know you don't like it, DB, but. You know, he's it's a me Mario. That's 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 ingrained in every kid's mind from now that's a, on. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes on, has another question here. Says, uh, "What's the greatest video game quote?" Uh, for me, one would be Travis Touchdown's words: uh, "This is not a battle anymore. This is the mother effing war." Shabam. Uh, shabam. So sorry for such a long ass email. Not such a bad guy. Greatest video game quote. That could be a question of the day. That is such a great question. Um, should have read these emails beforehand, Gooch, so I could come up with a better answer. Uh, for me, <laughs> anything from the Duke Nukem's games. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rip your as, head off. And, as of right now, yeah. yeah. As of right now, that's it. I know I could probably think of something better than that. So. I think. Well, I think what I have to mention, I Googled it here real quick, and I looked down at the number one on this guy's list, and... I wouldn't have thought of this. It would have come to me after a while, but the best quote in a video game, sorry, but our princess is in another castle. Bam, that's a good one. Yeah. Or finish him. Yeah, there you go. Toasty. 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 (laughs) That's a good one. Fatality. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, That's a good Sonic quotes. Like Sonic just cleared Act One. <laughs> I don't know if it's a quote so much as it's just a statement, <laughs> you know. It depends how you look at it. I mean, otherwise you could say "Game Over" is the <laughs> game over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or from Resident Evil, you died. <laughs> yeah, you died. Well, duh. <laughs> Die a lot in that game. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's definitely. an understatement. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, I guess I can uh, go ahead and give the honors to not such a bad guy. Yeah, he just got. Bird. 
Our next message comes from, and if I am mispronouncing your name, I apologize. Aleandro? Is that how you'd say it, Gooch? Uh, that sounds right to me. Aleandro, he just has one statement. He goes, funniest, worst movie ever for him is The Room. The Room from Tommy Wiseau. That, yeah, that movie is so terrible. It is absolutely hilarious just because Tommy Wiseau is such a bad actor. To have a better feel of what he's talking about, go to thatguywiththeglasses.com with the Nostalgia Critic. He did a fantastic review of The Room that you can actually see for yourself, just how terrible it is. And as a bonus, the Nostalgia Critic threw in a Back to the Future reference. Yeah. That was a good flick. That was a good uh, watch. The bummer is that movie is so bad, it almost makes the Nostalgia Critics movie that he made about it hard to watch. The, the Room is just so... For me, like it's it's funny in a way, but it's just so bad, it's almost unbearable. Yeah. You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and his... And his uh, I guess the the girl's mother that just keeps telling her that she's got breast cancer. Like every time she sees her, she just like has breast cancer. Yeah. And the the girl's just like, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, I'm thinking about screwing somebody. I don't like Tommy. Tommy. I like his best friend. You don't want to do that. He supports you. You can't support yourself. I got breast cancer. (laughs) That's pretty much the dialogue. That's it. It's bad. It's really bad. And not even good acting. Like it'd be one thing if, you know, it's, it's like the acting is bad, but also the writing is so terribly bad. You can tell a person uh, who wrote that movie did not speak English as a first language. No, absolutely yeah. not. So, uh, Alejandro, if that is how we pronounce your name, you just got... Bird. I'll go ahead and read the next one, Goosh, since the message was a little bit short. Uh, the next one comes from the Retro Kaiser, the host of the CatCast. And he did some Mortal Kombat picks for us real quick. He gave some reason why they won, or why they should have won, and I'll go ahead and read those really quick too. Between Liu Kang and Ken Masters 2010, he voted for Ken Masters 2010 because not only a Kung Fu master, but he also has some very nice technology to go with it. Gal versus Sub-Zero, Gal wins because Sub-Zero, now just plain Zero. Akuma versus M. Bison. Um, M. Bison narrowly avoids the raging demon attack by teleporting, drops right on his head, and crushing it like Toxic Avenger style. And Chung Lee versus Scorpion with Scorpion because, well, we need one Mortal Kombat guy in the tournament still. <laughs> I love that reason, just for that reason. It's like, there's got to be at least one MK guy in there. I agree. I agree. Um,. A movie for him that was so bad that he actually liked was Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, where a movie where Jesus comes back and starts slaying vampires. I've never heard of that, Goose. I'm not even sure what I think about that. That's that's a little disturbing. (laughs) Now he has a question for us. Has there been any main guy or teammate in a video game that you hated so much that it makes you kill him on purpose? His answer, Slippy from Star Fox 64. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so has there ever been a main guy or a teammate that annoyed you so much you you wanted them out of the game? 
Yes, there has. I'm trying to think of an example because I used to always just try to get them, get them taken out. Uh, get them taken out. Yeah. You know, someone in the game. Wow, that's pretty bad. Uh, I'm sure it's happened to you, Gooch. Yeah, the it may be a little obscure, but there's a, a quest in Oblivion where you get a follower. He's like your fan when you win the tournament in the game. You know, when you win the big arena matches. Uh, I killed that guy instantly. <laughs> He's like, I'm your biggest fan, blah, 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 blah. And I shot him with an arrow through the eyeball and left him there to die. <laughs> I mean, that was all it wrote. I mean, I, I talked to the guy for five minutes and decided he didn't deserve to live. How awesome of you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right there in the middle, of, you know, like in the arena when he's first coming up and he's like, I'm your biggest fan, blah, 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 blah. Watch him fall over dead. Fatality. <laughs> yeah, bleed on the floor. I don't care about you. Man, I nothing is coming to my mind right now. It, that's one of those things that, you know, I should have read these questions, like I said before, <laughs> to get a better answer for them. But if I think of something retro, Kaiser, I will definitely let you know. But in the meantime, you just got. Bird. Next one, George Gooch. Sweet. Got one here from Darth Tallis. Uh, they write in and say, Hey, Gooch and Douchebag. I'm glad you got a laugh out of that little piece I sent last time. It gives all new meaning to add ons. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, going on here, he says, uh, Anyway. I want to answer the question of the week from the podcast before last about Gamer Oaths. Well, you're not allowed to. No, no. I'm kidding you again. <laughs> uh, I really couldn't answer last time as my brain decided it was going to sneak off in the middle of the night, taking with it all my money like the cheating whore that it is, only to end up blowing it all on hookers, blowing poker. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's ever referred to their brain as a cheating whore. I love it. <laughs> Um, you do it again, I'm going to stab you with a Q-tip, right? Oh, yeah. It doesn't even end there. It says, my brain went on to uh, accrue, or excuse me, accrue a rather sizable debt, which saw it beaten within an inch of its life by loan sharks that were actually sharks in suits and spoke like Mr. T, who were led by a spleen in a purple pimp suit. With little recourse left, my brain came sliming back to me, begging and pleading with me to take him back. And after much consideration, I did. And by consideration, I mean giving it a run through a blender with a broken glass and chili sauce. Upon reinstalling my brain with Windows Vista on the 53rd attempt and much boosting of RAM, my oath came into my head and like the arrow that skewed it a second later. <laughs> okay. Uh, all members would be required to dress up as Princess Peach from Mario Brothers, stand before a... Stand before a dawn in complete spoof of the I will never be hungry again speech from Gone with the Wind, yelling out, as Mario is my witness, I will never be teabagged again. <laughs> Sorry if this got a little weird. Anyway, I have to go liberate the potato people. Cheers, Darth Talus. So that was his gamer's oath? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most unique. If we were, if it was a contest, uh, he won. Definitely, definitely. That was a very, very creative and a very well thought out answer. Loved it, loved it. So, Darth Hollis, you just got. Bird. 
And we'll go on to our next message, and it comes from Gunwild. And Gunwild goes on to say the last game he was playing was Dragon Warrior Monsters for the Game Boy. It's basically a less attractive Pokemon clone. Um, I do not recommend it. I don't like a lot of movies. I actually consider bad because as long as the movie is made with care and even a little competence, I think it still counts as a good film, even if it has problems. For me, Gooch, with the exception of any Uwe Boll film, I think he's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, Bowl's like the the worst. I mean, there's nothing redeemable that man can do in oh, my it's, eyes. It's so bad. It's just terrible. Um, anyways, moving on. Uh, an extremely silly movie I still love is RoboCop 2, which is not like a classic like the first one, but still has some great ideas. Even though they don't fit perfectly together, it it's got them trying to build replacement RoboCops with killing who keeps killing themselves. RoboCops being RoboCops being forced to act less violent after his programming. RoboCop with a rocket launcher, the good stuff. Uh, it also still has Peter Weller, the original guy, playing the crime-busting cyborg in the suit. He sells the me mechanical movements just great with his body language. Peter Weller is also a really funny dude uh, who made a video talking about how some people in Detroit wanted to make a monument of RoboCop. That would be so incredible, which I think is a great idea. You can you can get involved with this movement on Facebook or argue against it. I don't care. I just want to raise RoboCop awareness. God, that would be so amazing, Gooch. I would love to see a RoboCop statue in Detroit. I, I don't know how they've had Detroit last as long as it has without a statue of RoboCop or the actual – RoboCop being built. I mean, That's they need right. to rescue a police officer on the brink of his life ending and turn him into a cyborg that shoots people. What do you think when you think of Detroit, Michigan, besides crime, RoboCop? Yeah, and RoboCop actually is, you know, he's anti-crime, so... He would solve you, the crime problem in Detroit. Bam. Yeah. I think he needs to move just as slow as he did in the movies. <laughs> he needs to be made of cheap-looking plastic... <laughs> That's painted to look like metal, and I think he needs to have a gun come out of his hip, and uh, that, then he needs to twirl it. His theme song, too. The, the music is so over-the-top dramatic. It is perfect. Yeah, and isn't he like pretty much murdered by the guy who played the dad in that 70s show? Kirkwood Smith. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Red is the, <laughs> the most violent over- needed death scene in any movie ever. I mean, they just sit there and shoot him for, I don't know, half the movie. Oh, they, they just they blow full like of holes. arms and legs, and he's still alive until finally he gets a bullet in his brain. But it, it was so gory, I think in some versions of the film it was edited because the uh, the rating <laughs> the ratings board considered it too violent. We should watch uh, all the RoboCop movies and then talk about them on one show. That's a great idea. I love one, and I, I'm with Gunwild. I love two also. Three... Yeah, not so much. Three wasn't that good, but one and two were just awesome. Definitely. Yeah, awesome. the first one is just so cool. So, so. finish up Gunwild's message. Uh, now all we need now is a new RoboCop video game to help us relive the awesome days of this game's crossover. Terminator on the SNES and Genesis. RoboCop versus the Terminator. 
Yes, I do remember that uh, Gun Wild. Very, very awesome game. The Genesis version. The SNES, yeah, not so much. Um, he goes on to say, Also, I hope your movie review is of Gamer, which I recently saw. That film stunk and was insulting. And I say that as someone who really likes Michael C. Hall and uh, Gerald Butler a lot, it is almost unwatchable technically and the way it implied that people who play video games don't value human life and it was disgusting. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Quote from Robocop. Gunwild. Gunwild, I agree with you 100% with the film Gamer. That's actually on the uh, the instance the instant viewing part of uh, uh, Netflix. I remember when that had came out on the the theaters, Gooch, and I kind of wanted to watch it, but at the same time, it was one of those films that I would wait until it came, you know, to Netflix where I could rent it. And on the instant viewing, I decided to click on it. I might have made just made it 30 minutes into the film, and I stopped watching it. I mean, it sucks out loud, bad. It is terrible. I'm so glad I didn't waste my money in the theaters to see it. Yeah, I did. I knew it was going to be bad. I mean, you could just tell from the start. It's the whole premise of the movie and stuff. And, and and what sucks is it probably had a really significant budget. I mean, that movie it cost you know multiple millions of dollars to make, and yet I enjoyed uh, Thanks Killing, you know, infinitely more for about three grand on the budget. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but a new RoboCop game. Oh my God. You get RoboCop, you get Freddy, Jason, and get Ash from Evil Dead series. Shabam! Game of the year. <laughs> They've talked about making Mortal Kombat, not Mortal Kombat, crap, um, RoboCop games. It's just, They've it's never like come to light. Film. Yeah. Like a reboot of the RoboCop series. I love RoboCop. It's so great. Did you ever play the RoboCop versus the Terminator? I rented it a while back. Yeah, I remember doing that. I remember the Genesis version, if I remember right, was a lot gorier than the SNES version. But the SNES version had that flashier plastic case. Yeah, which, who cares? I mean, flashier plastic case. Exactly. And Gunwild, you just got... Bird. One final message, Gooch, and it comes from our buddy Jerry Terrifying, the host of the Mondo Coolcast. What's he have to say? Yeah, well, actually, he left a comment, just like Gunwild did on the website, and it was in reference, you know, it was directed at Gunwild. He says, I would drive four hours to see a RoboCop statue in Detroit, and I'm glad Peter Weller can at least joke about it, if not actually support it. That guy is freaking awesome. RoboCop vs. the Terminator on the Genesis was an amazing game, not so much the NES version, or SNES version. Very, very true. And Jerry, you just got... Bird. With that being said, that wraps up the bagged segment of this week's episode on GNDB Radio. If you have something you want to send to us, a comment or whatever, an audio comment, in fact, email it to us at goochandthedouchebag at gmail.com. Again, that's goochandthedouchebag at gmail.com with your responses and answers, and we will gladly read it over the air. Very, very cool. And we want some audio comments. It's been a while. We don't get a whole lot. Definitely, yes. Love, love, love the audio comments. And I believe, Gooch, does that wrap up episode 54? I think so. That that puts a whole wrap. I mean, we, 
we you know we we stuffed it you just got stuffed yeah i wish i could find that audio clip of course it's not out there you might just have to make it i might just have to make i don't know if we can top it i don't know the visual there is really needed to make it come to life it is that's true <laughs> for more great gooch and the douchebag content go to gooch and from there you'll have a link to our main page our forums our youtube site itunes fan art reviews contact information of our email address and the link to our twitter account if you want to visit us on twitter follow us on twitter keywords gooch douchebag all one word or we're constantly posting stuff on the Twitterverse, and also if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate us. As the more ratings we get, the more the more that iTunes and Apple will recommend us to the gaming community. All of this awesome content available at the one-stop shop of GoochandTheDouchebag.com. And while you're there, visit our links to Classic Elite, uh, Light Studios, Mondo Coolcast, the Neo Arcadia Cast, Tiger Claw TV, the Video Game Cowboy, Scenic 7 PR, and Game. Gate and one of our big buddies at j2games.com. Back to you, Gooch. I think, I think you pretty much just said it all. You, you just threw it out there. I don't know if I can follow that act. Yeah, I'm I sure just, people get... I, I, it's probably at this time when people just stop listening to us. Like They just they just close it out because they know we're just repeating ourselves over and over, but it's so much fun to say. Yeah, well, you know what? Repetition's where it's at. like I a mean, game because, show host I'm doing that. Like product, <laughs> like product placing, like Rod Roddy back in the day on Process, right? But after a while, you hear it over and over and over again, and then you can reset it in your head, and then poof, you're buying blenders or you're, you know, visiting our website, subscribing to iTunes. It's a necessary evil. And and, and you know what? I, I like it because as time's gone on, uh, the whole spill comes out a lot smoother. Yes, it's just becoming an old habit now, but it's a yeah. good old habit. Yeah, for you it comes. I I don't quite articulate myself that well that quickly. It's you just don't think about it. You just go with the flow and pretend like you're Rod Roddy or Bob Barker. Yeah, which Bob Barker's still living. The uh, the other guy not so much. Yeah, he passed a few years ago. Sadly, he was. Yeah, I mean, he had the he had an awesome radio voice. He was phenomenal. And then now you've got I don't know if Drew Carey still does it, but that sucked. I think he I still is. Like that. Ah, oh, crap. Yeah, I, they weren't going to replace Bob Barker. I mean, honestly, who could they have gotten to replace Bob Barker? Someone besides Drew freaking Carey. <laughs> well, I think uh, Bob Barker's recommendation was Rosie O'Donnell. You know, I think Rosie O'Donnell would have done a better job because she didn't do that bad on her talk show. Now, granted, yeah, she went all crazy, lesbian, angry, liberal woman, nutso, I don't know. But as a personality, she can be really awesome if she doesn't voice her opinions. I, I do. Yes, I do see what you're saying there. But that wouldn't happen because she's yeah. a loudmouth douche or a dwarf. She is. And what sucks <laughs> is for years we didn't know that. I mean, she did like the Flintstones movies and, you know, all this other stuff. And she was just this sweet, chunky little woman. And now she's just some crazy lesbian bitch. Just I that, know. that's our perception. Oh, I know who'd be great. Mark Summers. He would have been really good. Double dare. <laughs> it's a nice clean show process, right? He wouldn't have to worry about getting messy. That's right. His OCD wouldn't kick in. <laughs> of course, he'd have to bring back, you know, on your mark, get set, go! 
<laughs> I'm going to look for some Double Dare now. Thanks. I'm going to be all over uh, the YouTubes here tonight. Oh, that was a classic, classic game show. Hey, that could be a review one day. Talk about Double Dare. Yeah, play the old NES game. Ugh. Oh, well, we had to play the game. A game was just... That was one of those things you had to be there in person to experience. But yeah, but I think that definitely does it for episode 54 of Gooch and the Douchebag Radio. Next week, episode 55, we got anything on the... On the burner for next week? I don't know. Well, we or might. Or in two weeks, whenever we do it again? Maybe, yeah. Could be some Mortal Kombat. Could be. You might actually dig in Dragon Age 2. Uh, who I'm knows? I'm playing the Masters, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Tiger 12 Masters Edition. I do need to finally play that. <laughs> I do plan on it one of these times. Actually, I'm playing in a golf tournament this weekend. So it's definitely not going to be my Saturday. Yeah, I've got a. Got my team lined up and ready to go. We're trying to go back and win our title that we lost last year by one stroke. We won it the year before. So this year's key word for this tournament is redemption. Redemption. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, redemption. I'm telling us everybody because, you know, I'm, I'm like a massive dork, and I don't know. I get I really get excited when I'm playing golf tournaments. So I, I find the best way to get a leg up on your competition is to actually remove the legs from your competition. Uh, especially if it's the kind of tournament where everyone walks the course. If you were to take one of your drivers, or even a putter, it doesn't really have to be anything real big, everyone and whack, cars. So yeah, it, whack those guys in the legs. Hit them real hard, right in the kneecap. Uh, really, I mean, because you got to think about it like this. You have to stand to hit the golf ball. I mean, to really hit it effectively. So if they can't stand, they lose. Yeah, but then I get arrested. So I, I don't like that plan. <laughs> Okay, I'm just it telling just you that's redemption to fail money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that's the that's the only feature that was missing from Tiger 12. You know, the ability to physically assault other golfers that was completely absent. Mm, like violent golf. <laughs> no, I want mutant league golf. Oh, mutant league, like mutant league hockey and mutant league football. That yeah. But... That was a fun, fun series. Bones Justice. Throw it in other sports. Make it Mutant League Chess. I, I don't it's care. A, it's a decent little cartoon also. Yeah, it was it was real, uh, not gory so much, but very, you know, very visual for a cartoon back in its time, you know? Yeah, the gore was like slime and ooze and everything. But yeah, you, I know what you mean. Like, you'd run over somebody or Bones Justice would be playing football and say if he was the running back, he'd go running at one of the defenders and... Uh, the defender would just splatter in this pile of ooze and then just reconstruct itself. Yeah, it, it was really that easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not man, so my legs. I'll get them back. Oh, there we go. I had a fart them out. <laughs> okay, with the rambling going on, Gooch, I think it's time to uh, shut this popsicle stand down. Nice. So, I guess we'll just... Thank everyone for listening. Write in the questions of the day, send us emails, send us audio comments, and subscribe. Yada yada. Spider Challenge. Final yes. two matches. Vote. You have one week to send us in your answers. Who will the winner be? That depends on you at home. I'm the Douchebag. I'm the Gooch. We will see you in episode 55. Have a great day, everybody.